Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that can kill you. Like attacking piranhas, meteor strike, losing your mom. And the things that just make you wish you were dead. Like wearing really impractical shoes. Not knowing when to leave a really bad date. (laughs) How about finding a dead body when you're going for a swim? On the last day of your vacation. Worst. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, let's play the theme song. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Danielle. And I'm Christine. And we're sort of doing a different kind of episode today. Yeah. Because, um, well, we don't have a guest. No, we don't. And We're the guests. We're the guests. I have to start with some very sad news. Our biggest fan, my mother, has passed away. Um, I didn't explain previously the, the thing about her broken hip. Uh, I mean, that was all true. But when we brought her in... For the broken hip, they discovered she had cancer, and it had already, you know, spread and everything. And so, from the time we found out to the time she passed away, was like a month. It was so fast. It was extremely fast, extremely unexpected. Um, and I mean, she had been her like cognizance, her cognition had been like slipping, and she was having these pains in her hip. But it turned out the cancer was in her hip. Um, so obviously it had started before then. I don't know how, you know, I don't know when it started. Yeah. I kept trying to get her diagnosed. I kept, I I mean, I didn't suspect cancer. It's not like I understood that. I just knew something was wrong and I was trying to get her taken care of. And then she broke her hip and then she ended up in the hospital. And then as you know, from the hospital, she went to that fabulous, um, doily less, uh, uh, caretaking place. The place where they put the food right, right on, the, on tray. the tray. Yeah. I know that yeah. might sound petty as something. No, that, it's very alarming. It's so <laughs> alarming. That to me, it's like, you know how they say, judge a place by the bathrooms. Yeah. And you know, you're like, I don't know about this place. And then you go in the bathroom and you come out and you say, we got to leave. I just use yes. the bathroom. I think as soon as you see they're slopping food directly on a tray. Right. You got to get the that's hell out a, of that's Dodge. A, right. So, I mean, I went to, you know, I went to public school my whole life. And my public grade schools, probably the only time I regularly ate in the cafeteria. And they don't put they food. They wouldn't do that. No, they, they, <laughs> that you get a, the melamine plate. <laughs> melamine. Is that what they're yes. called? They slap the, yes. they slap the, the, the cardboard pizza on a plate. Yeah. They don't make yeah. you eat the cardboard I pizza think, on I the tray. I don't think we had real plates. I feel like we probably had cardboard tray. To, uh, like, I don't know what we had. Gosh, I'll have to ask Nora. I don't remember what the plates, 
themselves were. But I think ours were I sort of similar apartments for everything. It was like similar to what the tray was made out of. Yeah, but it wasn't a tray. Very right. important distinction. Right. And I told you about how the kids would say, "You gonna eat your frosty?" Like we <laughs> walk away. They, you got a frosty? Yeah, we get it. It's, it's oh. a, it was called a frosty. It was like mm-hmm. a little sherbety type thing in a paper cup. Oh, and you peel the lid yeah. off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the kids would be like, "You gonna eat your frosty?" I'd be like, yes, that's the only thing the on only here thing that's on appealing. Here. Yeah. I'm already peeling the cornbread off of the off of the corn dog because I don't like it. And that uh, was back when you still ate the corn dog. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the meat. Yeah, right. Uh, I wasn't trying to watch carbs or anything back then. I just didn't <laughs> like the, the corn. That wasn't until you were eight, right? And then I saw myself in a leotard and ballet. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I went to get my mom out of that place. Yeah. And I had, you know, the best laid plans. I had done all this research and, and like in a day found uh, caregivers. So I'm just going to let people know for people who have older parents, um, try to get them to buy. It's probably too late now, but try to get them to buy um, long term health uh, insurance mm-hmm. because that will take care of things like or help take care of things like. Having people come to your home when your parents are dying yes. or not even when they're dying, when they just need help. And yeah. anyway, so we, they didn't have that. So that's I, a really good tip. <laughs> yes, honestly, actually, it I'm going to check and see I'm if gonna, my parents yeah. have that. Yeah. So because it helps defer the costs. In any case, I went to pick her up and she wasn't the same person. And um, so in the way that she was she was conscious, but not re- really she, talking to exactly. you. She was almost nonverbal and mm-hmm. she was conscious. I don't know if she, I think she knew who I was, but um, very confused. Mm-hmm. And just, I was, that was pretty devastating. Yeah. And so I brought her home. My, <laughs> we bought my, Jimmy had bought this sort of like, Kind of a wheelchair thing. I mean, it is a wheelchair, but it's not like a big metal thing. It's like it's a that collapsible. kind you can sit in and walk with. No, too? it's not that. Mm-hmm. It, it is a seat, but it's like a, a cheaper, lighter thing. Okay. And my dad and I weren't really prepared. We were we were meeting the woman at our house who was going to be taking care of my mom. Yeah. But she wasn't coming for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. so <laughs> we somehow got my mom into the chair from the car that was impossible mm-hmm. and then there are a couple of steps leading up to my parents house because it's not ready it's not like it's already <laughs> ada set no. up no it was yeah we were completely naive so we're trying to get my mom into the house and my dad you know he's 86 sure and my mom has had lost a lot of weight by this point but it was still heavy so he fell backward with the wheelchair on top of him oh with my, my mom in the wheelchair oh my gosh. and me. Oh, geez. Not, I mean, it's only comical because it was so we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And she did know how to say ow. So that was <laughs> she, she was in pain. And anyway, so when we got her there, I was so concerned and I called the doctor and they eventually told me, you, you need to bring her to the ER. OK, so not because of the wheelchair fall. But no, just because we the, didn't mention that, we didn't tell that to anybody. Like no one, no one knows that. Don't tell anyone I did that. We, will, uh, everyone listening, keep that to yourself. <laughs> that's that's not a need to know basis, and no one needs to know that. Um, so yeah, so then they send over the firemen. Yes, I guess first, and um, once again, cliche. They're all good looking, very weird. Um, and I remember, yes, from yeah. Benji's yeah. burn, I was like, hello. Yeah. I mean, I was traumatized by what was going on, <laughs> but I could still notice. Right. I was like, look, I'm not dead. <laughs> my son, my my son is in a lot of trouble wounded, right now. But I'm but not dead. Holy moly. <laughs> I need to buy some matches on the way home. Yes, you need to become an arsonist. You've got to yeah. find, Garen, like some kind of dating website that's just firemen. Firemen only? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it exists. Mm-hmm. But they did say things to me like, well, if she was declining at the home, they should have done something about it. And I'm like, no shit. Yeah. You know, I, so you feel guilty because it's, well, I felt guilty because I was like, I didn't, I understood something was wrong. But in any case, I don't, I no longer think it was the home's fault. I did at the moment. But um, so she got admitted into the uh, hospital again, home sweet home. And then within a 
couple of days, uh, we had a meeting with the palliative doctor, and we realized, like, this is the end, and she had to go in hospice. Mm-hmm. But she went in hospice in the hospital, which I think was best. Okay. So that she didn't have to, like... Move to another... <laughs> move to yet another facility. Right. Or go home, where I mm-hmm. think it would have just been too traumatic for everybody. So... Um, You know, just surreal. I guess it's sort of surreal because it just happened so quickly. And, you know, when my brother died, it was my mom who arranged everything and got everything together and Mm -hmm. kept a straight head. And while my dad and I were like in hysterics. So now I'm the person. And I always assume my dad would go first because he's had health problems. And my mom always seemed fine, honestly. Sure. So it, the whole thing is shocking. And so I've just had to deal with a lot of the day-to-day stuff and the planning. And I'm not complaining at all. It's just it's had this sh- sort of strange effect that maybe I'm not completely absorbing what's going on yet. I mean, emotionally, obviously, intellectually. I know she's gone. But yeah, I'm just concerned about my dad. And I'm concerned about, you know, arranging a <laughs> memorial that would be up to her you know, standards. Yes. As I said to my dad, I said, you know, mom liked to be the center of attention. we got to make this you know, yeah. nice. We can't yeah. just throw this in a community center. You know, there's got to be sparkle lights and yeah. flowers, yeah. like, you know, yeah. to live up to my mom's fabulousness. So, and I've heard a lot, you know, I haven't like posted it or anything, but people have found out and, mm-hmm. and reached out and neighbors of my parents and, um, you know, she belonged to a theater community called Theater of Note, which was meant the world to her. And she was sort of like, you know, the mom to all of them because yeah. they're all much younger. Yeah. And um, so I think it's like a really hard loss for them as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom was just, um, you know, we were very different. Yeah. But um, she also influenced me in a lot of like in a lot of ways in terms of you know beliefs and 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 also just like aesthetically you know um she was into fashion and she was a costume designer at one point and she did you know she was an actor and she had a love of art and architecture and history and you know she was very well-rounded actually yeah um and also on the other hand very flighty and (laughs) goofy and (laughs) and like you know had a miniature tea set for teddy bears or something in the in the living room so (laughs) just very um in fact i had i had um before all this happened, when I just thought she was losing her marbles, I had uh, I had met with this service and had this woman had come over to my parents' house and talked to them. And actually, it was on Halloween, and I was trying to get someone to come into the house to help take care of my mom, below, yeah. or at least you know just do things because her hip was hurting so much she couldn't really walk. And um, the woman said to me, "Oh, I love how they decorated for Halloween." I was like, "Yeah, that's that's year round. No, this is not. This is just their world. Yeah, you know, just like lots of every day's Halloween. Very lights. And, and my mom actually loved Halloween, and I think it sort of killed her that she couldn't do anything this year. But she used to put out all these decorations, and she used to have Oliver help her when she was when he was little. And um, she was just she's just a very she was just a very festive sort of." trying to be positive person she really tried mm-hmm. even though things didn't always uh you know work out right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she really tried and she mm-hmm. really you know when she was in the hospital and I'd asked ask her if she was in pain because again her hip just was she had surgery on it but and she wouldn't answer me straightforward which was another habit of hers not to give a she never answered a question completely in a straightforward manner in mm-hmm. her life and um but when i would ask her if it hurt she'd say it'll get better you know <laughs> yeah so she was always trying to put on a brave face trying to put on a positive mm-hmm. just which is not my um energy <laughs> so i really you know 
admire that about her. She really, really, she, I always said, you know, she lived in a fantasy world, but she did a little bit, but obviously we do that to protect ourselves and to get by in life. And if she had to have, you know, dolls having tea or twinkle lights, Mm -hmm. 24, you know, 365, um, then that's what she had to do. That brought her joy. And that brought her joy. And that brought her joy. So I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. You you only met her the one time, right? Yeah, we went to the museum right. to a costume to event, a costume exhibit. And she yeah. was very excited about yes. it. Um, yeah, and really knew a lot. It was yeah. it was kind of impressive how much she knew about everything. I was really she knew a just Im- yeah. I was just so impressed by yeah. how much she knew about everything there and how knowledgeable she was about so many things. She really was. If she was into something, she was into it, and yeah. like she was. Um, an art major in college, I think, because her parents wouldn't let her go into theater. <laughs> so, okay. but then I think she switched, or she minored in theater, or something. But she did a lot of set decorating and set um, building, probably. And like I said, she. Um, so the, I've, I finally got the. Well, I'm sure I'd heard the story before, but before when she was in the hospital, but she was still cognizant. I was um, asking her about. I was like, "What was that laughing thing again?" So she. I, this part I didn't remember, but she used to design clothes mm-hmm. that were in some shop, some like boutique shop yeah. in Santa Monica. And um, this is the 60s. Sure. And um, the shopper for um, Laughing yeah. got the costumes there, got a lot of the stuff there. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, Goldie Hawn ended up wearing her clothes on TV oh, wow. because yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. And then her friend Barb, who is still her friend, um, was was she's American, but she like grew up in Mexico or something. Okay, so she was on the Mexican version of Laughing, and um, she was the Goldie Hawn part, I guess. Mm-hmm. So my mom sent her either the same outfits mm-hmm. or the patterns mm-hmm. for the same outfits or something so that she ended up wearing them too, yeah. And did your mom grow up in California? So she grew up in um, Massachusetts and California. They mm-hmm. went back a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, yeah, she grew up in Pomona, which she always speaks of uh, <laughs> in shapeful tones. Okay. She's like, oh, Pomona. Um but yeah, it doesn't sound like it was the most glamorous place. Not for you know, she's kind of a glamorous yeah, gal. Yeah, not somebody who wants to no, you know, be in theater. But like, so I so her cousin, who's like as she would say, the closest thing she ever had was sibling. She was an only child in a time where I don't think there were a lot of only children. Right. So I still think that's kind of strange. But her cousin came to see my mom. He came all the way from Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and um, he brought these amazing pictures with him, and. You look at him and you're like, no wonder this woman thought she was going to be a star. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was so adorable mm-hmm. and so she was so adorable as a child and then so glamorous as as in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Like she always I always said, you know, she sort of looked like Audrey Hepburn a little bit. She yeah. was like slight like that and the dark hair and the big brown eyes. And um, she, and uh, I'll I'll maybe I'll link some pictures yes, or please. something i would love that but and we'll um, put them in the newsletter yeah but there was a picture of her she'd always told us about this pet rabbit she had mm-hmm. <laughs> she put on a leash Aww. <laughs> but there he was there was stinky yeah. there was a picture of my mom stinky. with stinky the rabbit on a leash yeah. and stinky ended up being given to the neighboring farm oh yeah yeah, yeah. grandma wasn't like so into wasn't animals or something, yeah, yeah. I think that was the way back then. I mean, my Sport. mom has those stories, but it they're always ending. And then my dad cooked it, <laughs> and we ate it for but dinner. But did they grow up on a farm or something? No. So why is your why then? Because they were poor. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> got it. And that was just the way of things. It was like a pet chicken or something? Don't no, like tell a, me it was like a dog a or rabbit. something. A rabbit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the then we ate it. <laughs> Um, and then we ate it. Where did, and then so how did she, I want to know how she ended up meeting your dad. Was he already acting? And yeah, were they so, both acting? Tell me the story. So this is my brief understanding of uh, how they met. Sorry. 
they both went to UCLA, mm-hmm. but they didn't know each other there. You know, it's a huge school. And sure. um, my dad had come out here for acting. My mom was already out here. Well, my dad had gone actually to the neighborhood playhouse, which is a um, wait. What was that? Oh, that was after college. Wait, I'm getting confused. The neighborhood playhouse is an acting famous acting school in New York. But in any case, apparently they met at a party, mm-hmm. which my dad was dragged to. One of them was dragged to, I think, my dad. And I guess uh, my dad's pickup line was he asked her to do a scene with him okay. for some um, class or other. Yes. So I guess that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I the, never. The classic come the do classic, a scene come with me. come do a scene with me. There's going to be kissing in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very slick, Walter. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I, kn- I know everyone listening probably is feeling a lot of love and care for you yeah. right now. and. I think that it's there's no there's no easy way for it to happen. No. It's you know, it's so interesting because when I was in Ohio and I was talking to my aunt who lost her son uh, mm. when he was pretty young, you know, he was in his early 20s. And she oh, said God. to me, you know, he had gone into the hospital and was put in the ICU pretty quickly and, and things didn't look good. And she said the hardest thing was how long it took. Yeah. And her husband said that, too, that it ended up being like 11 days that they uh, were waiting. And uh, she said that was the worst, that yeah. it was took so long. And so I think there's, yeah. in a weird way, when it is fast, maybe it's there's a comfort in knowing that the person didn't suffer long. Yeah. Even though it's hard to process, you know, um, when... I was in Ohio. My stepbrother died, and so that's one of the reasons we went back for Thanksgiving. Right. We've we, so um, yeah. So that's so the other thing. Chris has also had to deal with death uh, recently. It's kind of like a we, we we're we're big on death yeah. right now here on how to survive right. how to survive death how to survive death. Um, we don't know yet. Right. Um, I think you just have to keep going every day is maybe one thing. Yeah. Um, and and the other weird thing, as you know, Danielle, is that the. When you have a, a loss and um, nothing else in your life stops. Right. You know, it's not like the world takes a pause. Right. And says, oh, did you have a major loss in your life? Yeah. Well, okay, we're right. going to slow everything else down for you so that you can have some time to process this. White Lotus is still going to end the final episode. Exactly. <laughs> and you still have to watch it before everyone spoils yes. it on the internet for you. Yeah. You know, life doesn't... Yeah, and and sometimes there's a comfort to that as well. I mean, yeah. you know, the day... It was very... There was this very surreal moment, you know, the day my stepbrother died, my, that my mom and my, stepbro- my stepdad and... My kids and my husband and I all were all just still watching Jeopardy. Yeah, because it was like that's what we do. Yeah, right. When we're in Ohio, it's we all of, watch Jeopardy right. together, and it was like we still guessed the answers. And yes, there was this moment where I was like, "Wow, yeah. this feels." And so then you kind of feel guilty, and then yeah, you, like you're like, "What else am I supposed to do? Just stare at the wall?" Yeah, and, because yeah. you can't. At some point, you're like, "I can't cry anymore." Right. I. I'm still sad. Yeah, but like. Life is still moving, and I have to still cook food and yeah. and, and you know wash my body and do those things. <laughs> wash my body. I, I still have to deal with the life. Um, anyway, just what I wanted to say about that was, you know, the decline of my stepbrother was very fast. Yeah, he he went into the hospital. He had these bad stomach problems. It turned out he had gone. His liver was septic. And uh, they couldn't, uh, he was too weak. They couldn't do any kind of transplant. And uh, they, then his kidneys began to fail. And um, they were, they were like, we can't, he, you know, he wasn't responding to antibiotics initially. And they said, you know, there's nothing we can do. And they put him in hospice. So he was 53. Jesus. And um, in hospice, when we, when we, the day we got into Ohio was the day they moved him to hospice. So we okay. saw him in hospice. By the way, lovely place. I mean, oh, good. It, it was so nice. The place was so nice uh-huh. that I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, this is really wonderful. So it was a facility just for hospice. Yes, okay, just so for hospice. So they don't have that in California, I found oh, out. Oh, wow. Okay. You can do hospice at home mm-hmm. or which... Which means 
they're not like staying with you. They come in. Yes. Or you or there's this like what like a little tiny facility, but, mm-hmm. and then a hospice person can come in, but they don't have a per se hospice thing in California. Interesting. Which I just found out. I had no idea. That's good to know. Yeah. Well, they did in Ohio, good. and it was not a. It was separate from a hospital. It was its own facility. Right. It was like a small building. Very nice when you went in. It didn't feel like a hospital, but you know there it was quiet and there were medical professionals. But you know we went into the room and he was in a bed that looked kind of like a hospital bed, but there was really no medical equipment. Oh, okay. You know, he, I mean he didn't yeah. need it anymore because they weren't doing right. any of those measures. But they were definitely keeping him comfortable with medication and um, out of you know so he yeah. wasn't in pain. Same and. You know, there was a TV and lots of f- comfortable furniture, and they could sl- any his family could sleep there on like okay. cou- uh, chairs that pulled out into beds, and they fed them. I mean, the whole family could eat there. Oh wow! And um, was was your stepbrother? He wasn't conscious. He was oh, when he, we saw him. Yeah, was he talking? Yeah, I mean, we, did he know what was happening? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, when he went into hospice, he knew he was going to die. He okay. he knew what was up, but. Every day, so the day I saw him, you know, he was like, how's it going? How's work? And how are you guys doing? And he was like, you don't have to wear a mask in here. It's fine. And doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's fine. And and I looked around and no one else was wearing masks. And I was like, I mean, you know, um, and, and everybody was so loud. He was like, you know, they might come in and yell if we're getting too loud. And then at some point his daughter said, you know, we should, we should go because he's, he looks tired. And so the rest of us went into it. There was a big family room, uh-huh. which had like a piano and a fireplace and a bunch of couches and we all just talked and um mike my brother had told me or his his daughter actually had said um he he thinks our dogs have been in all day laying on the bed with him oh my god and uh i go that's nice that or he shouldn't say he thinks he, he said the dogs and i said it's nice they let the dogs come in she goes no he, yeah. he's he's seeing stuff yeah, yeah. and and my my brother mike had said yeah earlier he asked me to take a motorcycle out of the room there was a oh, big motorcycle okay. and that's when i was like oh, oh this is really bad yeah and then the next day he it was like every day it got worse so then the next day he kind of just wasn't making sense anymore yeah and then the day after that he was gone it was that fast but it i think my point is like it's good when it's, it happens that fast. No, I agree. You know what I mean? I it's mean, like you, I, you don't want them yeah. s- suffering. It's like at that point, you just want it to be over for them. And I I, I mean, I would want that for myself. Yeah. I, I don't want to stick around like in a lot of pain and suffering for I me. I just wonder what that must have been like for him to know. Although then you said his mind is slipping. So maybe he doesn't know after a certain point. Because my mom didn't know. I mean, she knew she had cancer, but she yeah. didn't, first of all, they never found where it was. <laughs> it's a long story, but uh, where it was coming from yeah. is what I mean to say. Um, but so she, I don't know what she knew or what she didn't know, but yeah. she wasn't speaking the last few days. She had her eyes open and she was looking at us, and then and then she wasn't for the next couple of days. So it's hard to know sort of like what's. But I think that's just like a thing in the person who's grieving who wants some closure, and it's like just a. No, I don't mean selfish in a in a judgmental way, but it is selfish that you just want them to like say something to you. Yeah, but you wouldn't have time with them, and then yeah, in in the way you had time with them before, right? And and it's also hard to see them not as them. Yeah, it's really hard. So, yeah. So, I'm very lucky. I have a wonderful husband and a wonderful son. And I have so many friends who have checked on me. And I have a cousin. Well, I have two cousins. But my cousin, um, my first cousin, the one with the salad. (laughs) <laughs> my first cousin Caveat has alert. been um, just incredibly helpful. Yeah. She was there all the time. She's just, she was just amazing. And then an- another cousin of my mom's, she's not blood related, but she's um, the wife of a blood related. Anyway, she is an oncologist. Mm-hmm. So she would get on the phone with me and, you know, figure things out. And so that was very helpful. So, um, while 
in a sense, it just feels like, oh, my God, my dad and I are the only you know, ones left from yeah. our family. Mm-hmm. It's just so strange. Yeah. Even though everyone goes through it, it's just so strange. But in reality, I have a lot of support. And, you know, my mom, I told uh, I told Chris and Garen that at one point when my mom was in the hospital the first time, she just kept mentioning garden squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and... She was. And then one time I said, oh, you know, I have a meeting with this guy I wrote something with. And she's like, is that Garden Squirrel? I'm like, no, that's not Garden Squirrel. I think she just she loves gardens and she loves squirrels. Yes. And she loved our show. And she would always tell me, I'm going to listen to the episode today. I'm a little behind. I'm like, Mom, you don't have to tell me every time you listen to the episode. That's but she was so very sweet, into listening. It was very sweet. I was. Yeah, I was going to get her a Garden Squirrel shirt for Christmas. But Aww. in any case, um. So I guess that's that wraps it up for now. I guess that's yeah. all I have to say. Well, you know what? This is a safe space to talk about Judy anytime you want. Thank you. And you know what? We love we love moms. Yeah. So yeah. we love to hear about them. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and get your parents on long term and for yourself. Look yeah. In, look into long term uh, health insurance. I don't know if that's what it's called. It's called long term something. Yeah. You know that just reminds me because. My grandmother didn't have that. I mean, uh-huh. you know, surprise, surprise, there was no money. Um, so right. when she couldn't stay in, so she had lived independently in an apartment, you know, yes. until she was in her, I think, early 80s. And then uh-huh. at some point she fell and broke her hip. Yeah. And then uh, as as the, the ladies in their 80s do. Yeah. And so what my parents had to do then is turn their, you know, they have like a split level ranch uh-huh. that they had to turn the, the basement part into an apartment. I mean, it was already kind of a okay. finished basement. But so my brother came and turned, bi- built in a shower. Wow. And a full bathroom. It didn't have a bathroom before. Uh-huh. And a, a place where she could have a microwave and turned it into an apartment. Wow. And that's where my grandma lived. Wow, that's really nice. And, um, you know, they had to have a nurse come uh-huh. a little here and there. And um, that's where she stayed until she went into hospice. But, you know, it was, they had to sort of figure it out because they were like, oh, there's no money to put her in yes. long-term health care. Right. And that wasn't an option. It's, it's extraordinarily expensive. Yes. yes. I mean, to have someone come in the house, because that was my original plan was to have someone come in the house. Like I said, that woman was there for like an hour before I called nine one one. Yeah. So like, she worked for an hour. Um, but that was my short-term plan. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just couldn't see her in that place for one more yeah. minute. But yeah. you know what? It, it wasn't a very realistic plan. Um, and I and it's you know it's prohibitively expensive to have twenty-four hour care. I was just thought that I don't know what I thought, but I would just I thought if, she, if we just got her out of there, she'd get yeah. better. But yes. it, it wasn't that I. I don't think it helped. Well, I don't think it hurt. I think you did the best thing you could in the moment. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm saying I don't think it helped to be in that place. Oh, right, right. She was supposed to go there for physical therapy, but she was too out of it to do physical therapy. Like, it was just, it was unrealistic. Yeah. But that's what the doctor sent her to do. She Mm -hmm, just, mm -hmm. you know, she was just very different from the time she left the hospital to the time she went back into the hospital. Yeah. Anyway... Well, thank you for sharing that. Thanks. And I, thank you for sharing about your brother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's this loss is is we're all going to deal with it. But yeah. there's nothing that can prepare you. No, for it. nothing prepares you for being the adult children of uh, old people. too. No. That's really your. Well, we par- talked about that. that yeah. That. This is the kind of stuff that they do not teach you. No. Like you Mm-mm. can solve for X or whatever right. you think, but yeah. this kind of later in life no. situations, because that's not far for me. Like my parents are yeah. 70, 60 something, and 70 something. They're, it's not that far off. They're young and. It, well, <laughs> no, honestly, that's pretty young. And they're, I mean, my dad has a lot of health issues, but, you know, I, you know, it pops in my head every once in a while. Of course. That it's, of course. It's closer than it is later. Yeah, sure. And yeah. I, I for sure was in denial about a lot. I mean, not about my mom's health, because the, once that happened, I wasn't in denial. But before that, Jimmy would bring things up. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't, you know, but, <laughs> you know, you kind of got to talk about. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I 
there are certain things that you can have conversations, I think, with your parents to, yeah, to sort of should have that, because that are important to have, yeah. you know, and, and, and definitely they're important to have. But I also think there's certain there's there's only so much you can do to prepare. Yeah. Like but emotionally. The, yes. But um, right. Emotionally. But logistically, I wish yeah. I had because yeah. I don't know where jack shit is in their house and it's yeah. a whole thing. Um, so, yeah. Well, speaking of death. Should we talk about White Lotus? Let's talk about White Lotus. <laughs> um, okay, guys, we're going to spoil. So if you have not yes. watched, this is the time. It's now over a week. When this airs, it'll be over a okay. week since it aired. So hopefully, hopefully you've you seen have. it. But if not, turn it off right now. Yeah. Skip ahead. Right. Go past the break and come back. And then you don't have to hear this and you can come and listen later. Right. All right. So we've all watched. We've all watched. Um, I stayed up late to watch it because I knew some asshole on the internet would spoil it. And I was like... Oh, yeah. I, I need the little pleasures right now, and I don't want this spoil. So as of Sunday afternoon, I had watched two episodes. Wow. Oh, and you, then you crammed? And my friends came over, and we were just hanging out, and my friend Jess is like, hey, do you watch White Lotus? I'm like, yeah, how far are you? She's like, I think I'm on the second episode, and I just watched the second episode. Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know what? I have something I need to do. Like, I was going to unpack Blu-rays or something to sell or whatever. So I'm like, I'll do that while we rewatch episode okay. two. And then we watch that. And then we did not stop. Oh, that good. sounds so fun. That sounds like a better idea. Yeah, so that's six hours of okay. White in a row. Then you're so close to those like previous conversations because yes. after I watched the finale, I wanted to go back and like right. listen to old conversations with Tanya and Greg and like yes. rewatch. Okay, so. Do you guys feel satisfied with the finale? I think I do. I mean, I feel satisfied with the death. I mean, it, I, well, I've also read about it since then. About, I've oh. read sort of Mike White saying, like, she, Tanya had to get her, like, moment of um, comeuppance. Like, okay. she had to, you know, she, she killed all those people, but then she also had to die, like, <laughs> by her own hand in a dumb way. And it was pretty it was funny. So great. It was just so funny. The whole, all, so everyone great. on Twitter was like, girl, take off your shoes. I know. What are you doing? I know. And then I guess there was a ladder that she also there didn't take. stairs literally three feet away <laughs> from just her. just an idiot. You know what it reminded me so much of is that classic, well, you didn't watch Sex in the City, but there's a no. famous episode with, I think her name's Kristen Johnson from Third Rock from the Sun, yeah. where she's at a party and she's like, this party sucks. No, does no doesn't anyone smoke anymore? Uh-huh. And she goes to this big picture window to have a cigarette, and she just fucking <laughs> falls out the window to her Seriously? death. Seriously, and it is one of my favorite oh things. Oh my god! And it just reminded me of that. That just like oh, dumb, so dumb, just so dumb. But I wasn't upset about it. I thought it was pretty, pretty well done. Um, I love that. Plus, whole scene. all I could think was she's not really going to be able to claim self-defense and she's just going to go to jail so she might as well just die because she just killed all those people it was perfect and she wasn't even trying like her crying (laughs) is so funny to me because she sounds like a child (laughs) when she's like (laughs) (laughs) and just not even pointing at anyone like a little kid but she did and then they're all dead is it was perfect oh so you loved okay you love the ending what about garen i loved it did you find it satisfying i did i i'm conflicted because I love her. Yes. I love that character. It's so goofy and stupid. But at the same time, I was like, there's no, she can't go through this again. It would be insane to go through another season. She just keeps, and then someone (laughs) online was like, oh no, Greg is going to get all her White Lotus points. (laughs) (laughs) I hope, I hope that Greg gets his comeuppance in the next season. Like, I really hope we get to find out that he doesn't get the money. It's been suggested that maybe he would be the one who came back. But okay, so here's my question. Mm-hmm. When in an earlier scene, earlier uh, episode, the gay guy, <laughs> these gays are trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I read an article, she couldn't remember if she improvised that or if that was in the script. Uh-huh. When she's talking to the captain, yeah. you've got to help me, these gays are trying these gays are trying to kill me. <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. Um, anyway, when the guy Tom Hollander is that his name? I think that's his name. The um, oh, the British guy, the British from guy, Ab- Abfab. I think he was he used to be on Absolutely Fabulous. He was. Oh, that is what who he's was from, he was. Who was he on Absolutely Fabulous? He I don't was remember like, any men on Absolutely wasn't Fabulous. Wasn't he the teen's boyfriend? Oh my god, Saffron. Oh my. Wasn't he Saffron's boyfriend? I think is he, he young was. enough to have been Saffron's boyfriend? 
guys, you just have to Google it. Okay. In any case, God, that show's so good. He told her the story of the cowboy that he was in yes. love with, but he was straight. So we're supposed to think that was Greg, right? Yes, because he's in the picture. He just called him Steve, but that's Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because someone in one of the recaps I read was like, and really he was having an affair with Greg. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't think, no, Greg was still straight. It's just that. He was. He was. He pined for him. Yeah. Yeah. He said, "I I would do anything he asked." Uh, To this day, I would do anything he asked. Yeah. Even kill. Even kill. The villains really lay out their motives in this. Yeah. (laughs) In the show. Yeah. Yeah. When you go back, you see it's all laid out. All right. And then. Um, Oh. So the couples. Were you happy with the? I. So okay. I. One of the interesting questions that Sven and I would discuss over the series was who has the better marriage like right and i always was like well i think it's actually daphne and is this cameron, cameron? because yeah. even though he's completely horrible a fucking terrible person yeah. like they know they both are sort of they've sort aware of aware of what they're getting like she yeah. knows who he is and she's just like it's putting just a an, smile an on like spoken yeah. thing and but they're having fun at least like yeah. for the most part i think she's a bit of in denial like I think she kind of is swallowing her pain and kind of just well I mean you can kind of tell yeah it's weird that she's just adopted this philosophy that you just do whatever you do not to be a victim and which and she's and I don't think she's really having her own affairs I mean I don't think I don't think they did anything when they walked on oh you don't no I don't think so I think she's a good girl I see I think well, I'm still going back to that thing with the trainer, her trainer, mm-hmm. and then the kids being blonde and blue-eyed, and she kept saying that the trainer was blonde and blue-eyed, and then yeah, yeah. and then they have that moment in this last episode where Cameron is agitated that he's being called to talk to the kids. Yeah. And one one thing I read said, well, maybe he's agitated because those aren't he knows those aren't his kids, and so he's not really into the kids. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I'm not closed off to those ideas. Yeah, she just gives me the very, very much the sense that like her idea of like getting back at Cameron is that she just goes off to a villa and mm. spends a bunch of money on clothes and on an expensive villa. Like she's maybe, not out yeah. trying to like do drugs and fuck other guys. Yeah, maybe. I don't think it's in her bones. She seems very much like we'll go off and walk and they're going to think we did something. I see. But she doesn't seem as interested in. See, I think maybe she does do those things, but mm-hmm. doesn't actually get joy from them. Oh, she just does it. So she doesn't feel like a victim because that's what she kept saying. I can go either way. Yeah. Although I will say she's so pretty, I, she's, like distractingly she's pretty. She's so pretty that she's one of those people that I'm like, are you an AI bot? Yes. Like, how does a real person <laughs> get that pretty? Get that pretty because it's above and beyond what the no, rest like, of human existence agree. looks like. And in the like. first season, there was that other woman who was the same thing. The writer. No, I can't remember. Okay, she was has brown hair and blue eyes. And oh, she, right, right, right. She was so distracting yes. and pretty to me. I was like. This is the prettiest person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I couldn't get yeah. over how pretty she Maybe was. Maybe that's his thing with every season. He's yeah, like, there has like to be someone ridiculously that's above and yeah. beyond. That's so pretty you can't believe it. And I, what I always think is that it's not realistic because I always think when there's someone that pretty that in the real world, real world, someone would always be commenting on it. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Whenever she'd go up to the bar, the, the bartender would be like, oh, you're so pretty. You have this drink for free. Because I mean, I've been around people who weren't even that pretty, but were very, very, yes. very attractive. And constantly people comment on it, like in the real world, even in L.A., where people are very uh, attractive. When you're used to, yeah, like, that's a good point. It's just, I it's, mean, I know you feel like you have to say something. Like, people can't, I just want you to know that I also notice how beautiful yes, you are. People can't stop themselves. Right. So. I know it's TV, so they're not going to do that. But they're all such layered, really alive characters. Yeah, to me, like yeah. everybody, even though they're you're, they, they're all hateable. Yeah, but at the same time, they're all like, yeah, you're actively trying to redeem your your life. Yes, but you In also have way, this, yeah. this, these urges that you're trying to. Yeah, it's it's. I felt really empathy well for all of them, and also disliked all of them, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. I had the same thought I was as I was watching it, and then everyone seemed to agree in what I was reading. But the Portia, like not running away from that guy immediately when she sensed something was up, and like 
getting in the car with him. Like, it's clear he's going to kill you or something bad is going to happen. It seemed really ridiculous. So I don't know if they earned that. That didn't bother me because I have had really bad judgment at times in my life. For sure. I, I definitely... In my head as a mom, I was like, you've got to get away from him. Right. You're making really poor choices. But as a person who you was think it's in my 20s, someone would do that. Okay. was also like, I have done really dumb stuff. Okay. And because I've done, I've been the person who said, I'm being paranoid. Oh. I, I'm sure nothing's happening. I am wrong in my own thinking. I think it's very easy as a wo- like double, as a young woman yeah. to not trust your own instincts right. and to double down on I'm the one who's overreacting. Right. And I think that like so that's why I mean I think we're supposed to think Portia's an idiot. First I think off. so. Yeah. Plus, I mean, her 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 dressing her dressing herself like she's an idiot. <laughs> well, I think I think that's also part her of were the so like awful the idea of fashion in certain. Um, like, age bracket in a certain age bracket yeah. is this intentional sort of like anti-fashion i know but really bad some of it was like, ridi- really was really, really painful to look at but <laughs> i i didn't get mad about i mean i got mad for her because i was worried about her but i didn't get mad at that as being wrong in the sense that i do think there is a tendency in any young woman to discount her own yeah sense of danger and also just judgment and being with like a like a dumb bad guy and being like it's probably fine i'm the one who's yeah i'm just saying at the point where it was clear like it was yeah all right well uh speaking of the uh choppy waters i have to pee so um (laughs) we will be right back with uh letters from you guys yeah i can't wait right after this Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine and Garden Squirrel. Hello. Hi. Hi. Guys, are you ready to announce a contest winner? Yes. This is exciting. So we are doing this for the first time live on air. Live. Live. Garen? Yes. I am going to hand So over why my don't screen. you explain to people what this is in case they don't know what the contest is? So people who sign up for our newsletter, right. which you can do at our website very easily, it usually pops right up when you go to podhowtosurvive.com. And if it doesn't, there's a dedicated link. You can sign up right there. Right. You uh, were If you did that, you were entered into this contest. To win? A piece of merchandise. Right. Okay. <laughs> from our merchandise, which is, we've got a bunch of new merchandise, yes. which is very exciting. Very exciting. If you haven't checked it out. I highly recommend you go do that now. Yes. Um, and uh, we are giving one of these newsletter sign-uppers. Yep. Sign-uppers. Thank you. <laughs> a piece of merchandise today. So... We are randomly going to pick right now yes. on air to tape. Garen is going to close his eyes and he is going to stick his finger. He, I can I can vouch for the fact that his eyes are closed. Oh, and he landed on Peggy Blaze. Peggy it, Blaze. Well, I don't know if her last name is Blaze, but it's P underscore Blaze. I'm not going to give any more information. <laughs> I think she does in, uh, afternoons in Cincinnati. Peggy Blaze. <laughs> sounds like yeah. it. She's coming in live at the chopper. Yeah. Peggy Blaze. <laughs> Tell us what's up with the weather. Okay, well, congratulations, Peggy Blaze. Congratulations. I don't know if that's your last name, but it's part of your email. Well, it's your name now. And I'm going to be reaching out to Peggy to let you know that you are our grand prize winner of some new merchandise. That's very exciting. It is very exciting. I would and you like know to win something. You Hey, you may have already should, won. Should I sign up? <laughs> you already won, Danielle. I know. I've won So what's going to happen is if you want to be in our next giveaway, who knows when that's going to be? Yeah, we don't. We're not saying it's it's, it's not going to be imminent. But we're not saying it's happening on the next episode because, look, we right. we're not just we're not ex- made of we're mugs. not made of merchandise. Right. We're not made of mugs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I stepped on that really funny joke. No. Listen, sign up for the newsletter. What can I say? To, yeah. What else can I tell you? That's all you can tell them for now. That's all I can tell you. Oh, I took off my glasses. Bad move. I need them. Because we are going to read some Whoa. letters that you guys have sent in. Yes. Very exciting. Here we go. Going to open this up. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Let's start with a letter from Doug Anderson. You ready? Yes. Hello, Danielle, Christine, and Garen. 
My hometown of Kenosha, Wisconsin, enacted the domestic confrontation law. You know, I think this was in response to an episode we did. Okay, about so, domestic confrontation. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was, I can't, well, maybe we'll remember. Stalking, actually, maybe yeah. about stocking. Uh, law where someone has to be removed, arrested on January 1st, 1992. This is from Sharon's, Sharon's episode that's about bad say. neighbors. Yeah. Okay. I know this because my oldest brother, Jimmy, left his wife of 10 years that day and she did not take it well. She smashed his face with the <gasps> phone and bloodying him, bloodying, I cannot talk, and bloodied him up from hitting and scratching. He called her parents to come calm her down while he packed and they called the police instead. Jimmy called us, my mom, brother Corky, and me. They have a cute family. I mean, really? To say the sheriff's deputy was taking him because of the new law. We arrived there as the deputy was putting Jimmy in the back of the I'm cruiser. Sorry, I'm confused. What is the law? That somebody has to be removed. Somebody has somebody, to be removed. Somebody's okay. going. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. We arrived there as the deputy was putting Jimmy in the back of the cruiser, and my mom was arguing with him that it's obvious Jimmy was injured and his wife wasn't. <laughs> but the deputy kept saying, it's the new law. The guy has to be taken in. Mm. I have to go by the book. And kept using the phrase, by the book. Mm. My frazzled mother, who just lost our dad three months earlier to a heart attack, snapped at the deputy, well, you can take your book and stick it up your ass sideways. <laughs> This that means, is so colorful. Right? I've never heard that expression. That's really good. You know what? I bet he doesn't mind if you use it. That's really good. It's a you good one, right? stick, take your book and stick it up your ass sideways. sideways. This Because then you can yeah. still see the spine so you know what book is being yeah. put Yeah. And then you can't, you it later. can't yeah. judge it by its cover. Right. Or you can. You can't. Right. You can see it. <laughs> yeah. This made the deputy get out of his cruiser, but my other brother and I, that's Corky, grabbed her and almost carried her away while in unison saying, forgive her, we just lost our dad. <laughs> All the while, Jimmy is in the backseat laughing hysterically. No, oh, no. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for him. I feel like this is like some movie. This is pretty funny. No charges filed. We did have to bail him out, and his ex was fined for her part. I believe they amended that law to say the abuser will be taken away, and this has provided our family with a great story for the past 30 years. Oh, fun to tell at Thanksgiving. Wow. Hey, remember that time you were taken in Jeez. for domestic violence? And you're laughing in the backseat because your mom's losing her shit. Thanks. I love Jimmy just laughing about it. That's yeah. funny. What else can you do? I guess. You know? Thanks for the show. Keep up the great work. Oh, well, thank you for that fa- fantastic letter. Thanks, Doug. All right. This is from Catherine Fleming. We just got this one. Um, and she had emailed me to request that we, I had I had taken down the Remain Calm merchandise erroneously and then uh, had a terrible time putting it back up. It was quite a... I'm sorry. I've been a little AWOL this month, no, so no. I didn't know any of this was going it's on. It's okay. You don't, you, know, you don't always have to know what's going on behind the curtain. You removed all of the merchandise. It's fine. It was just a little... There was some little drama going on behind the scenes. Okay. Okay. Is it back up? It is. Okay. It's back up. And you know what? And the new stuff. Some exciting new colors. Great. It's all, it's all working out. Okay. Catherine Fleming. Thank you. Both my sister Jenny and I have been to very cold college football games this season. We are not used to the cold. She lives in South Mississippi and I live in Houston, Texas. She texted me the temperature at kickoff of her game at Ole Miss and let me know that I do not need to worry because she was refraining from drinking alcohol during tailgating Ah. and at the game that day. I texted back for her to let me know if she starts burrowing. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter, (laughs) I love it. My daughter, 12 years old, who was reading the text over my shoulder, told me that I needed to add for her to remember to remain calm. Oh, my God. Isn't that cute? She also had to recall tips from the bee episode at an earlier tailgate before game. (laughs) Don't swat at the bees. Wow. Similarly, a couple of weeks later, I was at an LSU football game with my family that was very cold and rainy for our southern selves. Jenny texted me to remind me that I should use body heat to keep us warm at the game. Okay. And no alcohol. With that duly noted, my family walked to the basketball arena to warm up before heading to the frigid, for us, football stadium. While there, we made one last warm pit stop so that maybe we wouldn't have to use the cold restrooms at the stadium. Ah. I started giggling while my daughter and I were in line. I remembered the tsunami episode in which your guest was at a very cold football game and had to go to the restroom. Of course, my daughter had to know what was going through my head, so I told her the story. Then she asked me to tell her what do Danielle and Christine say to do for hypothermia because she has heard me talk about that episode a bit. So we went through all of the things. Her comment was, wow, she should have listened to that 
Wow, we should have listened to that before Snowmageddon 2021. Oh. When all of Texas was frozen and then lost electricity. I remember that. That was terrible. Jesus, yeah. Then we reviewed Wait, what was we, that when Cruz left the state to go on yeah, vacation to, to accompany yeah. his kids oh, to yep. Cancun? That, by the way, that was the Christine Blackburn episode they're talking about. Yeah, she the, was uh, when she Peter Pants. Peter Pants at the stadium, God, yeah. So funny. Then we reviewed what we did during that week, and she said, well, the most important thing is that we remained calm. Oh. Thank you for entertaining me while I work and thank you for uploading the remain calm shirts (laughs) (laughs) katie fleming thank you katie i love that you guys are like very touching it's really sweet that you guys are remembering not to burrow at football games i know i'm scared i wouldn't remember one thing we've talked about uh, same (laughs) that just reminded me i heard a commercial actually while i was getting ready this morning and listening to a podcast um, for Burrow Furniture? No. The brand is Burrow? No. Uh-uh. Never. <laughs> yes. Nope. And nope. I was like, oh, no. There's a furniture called Burrow Furniture. No, because but- it comes with uh, naked people in it. Right? Already. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just their bones. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go, that reminds Rose. me. I, I like... It, my room's cold. I like to be really cold. Yeah. And I like to have like a bunch of blankets and shit on top of me. That's yeah. kind of... Burrowing, kind, kind of. of. Yeah. yeah, you are already burrowing. Wow, I'm an early burrower, <laughs> an early adopter. Yeah, you know it's better for sleep though in your health to sleep in a cold room. It is. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, you're supposed to have a colder temperature. It's it's mm. scientifically proven to do what. You're just saying it's better, but why is it better? That I can't explain that part. <laughs> you know, I it only, just is. I'm not going to hold your feet. I only remember uh, headlines of articles. Okay, That's all sure, my brain can I remember. It. No, look, I get it. Here's a short one okay. from Rasha. Uh, hi, Danielle and Christine. I just listened to the Isolation and Horrible Neighbors episode and enjoyed hearing about Danielle's connection to Chris Maloney and his cake. Yep. If you want some entertainment, please check out this amazing YouTube video during which Mr. Maloney reads thirst tweets. He's the best. Oh, my God. Okay, we'll so have to put a link to that. We'll put a link to it. Sounds... Hugs from Minnesota. Um, he, he's very um, good about embracing his the own. Lo- yes, it's very, it's somehow incredibly endearing. It doesn't come off as obnoxious that he's just like, yeah, I look really good. Yeah, yeah, why he, not? He just embraces it. It's somehow funny, even though it's totally true. Yes. He looks like freaking amazing probably when you're i think he's in his early yeah. 60s and you can probably do that then yeah it's yeah not it's not yeah, yeah yeah and he's right. a man and men can do that too yeah that's true i think if women do that they're that's like, true who does she think she right. is right enjoying her self and being confident dear christine danielle and garen thank you for making how to survive i waited until i was completely caught up with the show before writing and before leaving a review I had to throw away at least a thousand comments I wanted to make as I went through the entire catalog of episodes over the last three months. Wow. So sweet. Like so many others, I came to the show from NNF. I have long thought Danielle was one of the funniest people I've ever heard since her first appearance in the first season of NNF. I've always wished to hear more from her. Similarly, I've adored Garen for years and can no longer even imagine NNF without him. FYI, several years ago, I bought and read one of his books. Oh. Wow. Oh, that's right. I don't know if our listeners know that you have books, Garen. Oh, my gosh. I have two books. Garen. How do you find them? Amazon. You, Amazon. Or go to your local store and request send them. them. Me, send me the links. I'll put them in our next yeah. newsletter. We okay. should, you know, let the let the listeners know. Yeah, it'd be good to get my and recent, sale. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. And recently, I've been introduced to Christine's brand of uncontrolled genius dialogue. Yes. Christine, I feel like in conversation, you're a clown car driving through a traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what to expect, but I know it's going to be hilarious. Just last Aww. night, I listened to y'all comment about how hard it was to be a woman watching Three's Company. It was no easier being a gay teenage boy in the 70s and watching Jack and Mr. Roper pantomime the most horrendous gay stereotypes week after week. Am I right, Garden Squirrel? I mean, you're right, but I, I made, it made me laugh. I, I I think I enjoyed it. I was going to say, I, was, I think there's a slight misinterpretation of yeah. our reactions to the show. I was show. a kid, so I didn't know it was... Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was... I think I've said this before, that my parent, my dad literally kind of banned the mm-hmm. show from mm-hmm. our house because it was too stupid. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and I watched it at my neighbor's house. That's funny. Um, But then I know we watched it at our house sometimes because my dad would get mad and just go, when is he going to get laid? That's- yell that at the screen. <laughs> So I know at some point, yeah, um, 
But no, it wasn't difficult watching it as a kid. I did not identify with the characters. I didn't think it was sex. I mean, I may have thought it was sexist, but it didn't it didn't inhibit my enjoyment of the show that I knew was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I had no concept of sexism because I was, you know, seven yeah. or something. And uh, now, of course, when rewatching it, I can see. Yeah, but I, I still it. don't think it would bother me. Yeah, but that's different from being a gay kid watching it. I that for I get. Sure, for except sure. Garen. Garen is a traitor, and um, you know he he enjoyed it. <laughs> for my own How to Survive, I wanted to write a full How to Survive the U.S. Navy, but I'll stick with one anecdote. Dang! In the summer of 1981, I was a midshipman between my freshman and sophomore years of college, UW in Seattle. Go Huskies! Over summers, the Navy likes to pick up all the midshipmen and throw them into the fleet for six weeks or so to see if they float. The first thing you learn in the fleet is that the title midshipman is equivalent to having a please hurt me sticker pasted to your forehead. Every sailor in the fleet looks down at you. If the Navy is like family circus, being a midshipman is like being lower than Jeffy and PJ. I spent my summer cruise aboard a submarine, the USS John Marshall, SSN 611. I was assigned to the torpedo room and learned valuable skills like mopping and how to swear like a sailor. One day I was informed that the torpedo tubes had to be inspected and greased. Naturally, this had to be done from the inside. Oh, Jesus. Also, naturally, it had to be done by the most readily available lackey on hand, me. So I used my hand to scoop out a giant wad of thick grease and went head first into a torpedo tube. Oh, my tube. God. On my back, I had to scrunch myself forward like an upside down inchworm, eight inches or so at a scrunch. When I reached the forward end of the torpedo tube, the real world was a tiny circle of light far past my feet. I gobbed the grease in the appropriate places, and before I could make my exit, the chief had to shine a flashlight in to make sure I had gobbed as instructed. This next part should be absolutely no surprise at all. In case you didn't realize, the inside of a, tor- of a torpedo tube is not a capacious wonderland of frolic. It's tight and long. After the chief gave his okay, a couple of sailors decided to play. No. Wouldn't it be fun if we closed the torpedo hatch while the midi is still in there? I don't recommend this game. With a light gone, utterly, utterly gone, or torpedo tube is a claustrophobe's next three years of nightmares and therapy. I held it together by freezing and not twitching a single muscle until the light reappeared behind my feet. When I scrunched my way back out, merriment abounded while I pretended to have been completely unfazed. I'm sure no one was the wiser. Wink. Thank you for entertaining me week after week. I love you all and wish you continued success with the podcast. Respectfully, I remain your fan and fellow survivor, John Coppersmith. Well, thank you so much, John. That seems um, like hell on earth. Is that somehow supposed to prepare you for war? I mean, to be humiliated and terrified by your people who are supposed to be on your side. I just don't even understand this I don't whole get the mentality. Men working in together, and whether it's navy or military right. or frats, where they're like, you know, if you want to be in this group, we're gonna almost kill you. Yeah, I mean, I get the physical side of it in terms of uh, combat. Um, you know, what do they call it? Uh, boot camp. Yes. But this humiliation and just the sheer terror. I don't. It's just awful. Right. Let's, let's. I, I would tell him to just unwind with some Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I've got one more. Perfect. Hi, Danielle, Christine, and Garen. Just wanted to write a little note to you guys and say a couple of things. All positive. First, I've listened to the show, not religiously, but often the last... <laughs> Thanks for I could take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> when there's nothing better to do. But off in the last couple of months and always enjoyed it. But I just wanted to take the time to let you know that today I listened to Mudslides and Being Us back to back. And honestly, I've not laughed that hard since I can ev- ever remember. Oh, that's really sweet. Lauren, I think you'd make a habit of listening. Though. Yeah. I mean, keep it up. Let's get that religion going. Yes. Join our cult. Lauren <laughs> Ash was hilarious, as I've always known her to be on NF. NNF appearances. Christine and Danielle, you guys killed me with the news reporter and the Ozark lady who lived through the mudslide. As a born and bred North Carolinian, that Ozark lady sure sounded like a lot of folks right here in NC, honestly, including me, sadly. Reminds me of Garen's famous Aw Hell from NNF. The entire episode was just perfect from top to bottom. And the Being Us episode was wonderful. Very Aww. sad to hear all three, all that, that, 
Very sad to hear all that the three of you went through at the same <laughs> Wait till time. she gets to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you haven't seen anything yet. But it, I, that was in, over the holidays, too. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know what wow. yesterday, it was. yesterday Benjamin said, Mom, can we do something special today? Because it's the one-year anniversary of me getting burned. No. Yeah. I guess hot soup? What do yeah. you do? <laughs> yeah. like, go, we're going to go to let's, the... Let's boil some water on the stove. Springs? Okay. But awesome to hear how you took the funny you found in it and shared it with the world. Please tell Garen how freaking funny he truly is on your show and on NNF, but he really did shine sharing the appendicitis story in that episode. The show really is great, and I won't miss another episode. Oh, that's very sweet. Richard from Bryson City, North Carolina. Oh, that's that's really, really kind. Richard, thank you. Thank you. you. Everybody, thank you for your letters. If we didn't get to yours today, it doesn't mean we're not going to read it. Yes, we will eventually. We just, you know, we got to stay within the constraints of our time where we get um, yelled at. By ourselves. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Stay tuned for more fun episodes. And remember to sign up and also for the newsletter, but also that get your um, orders in for merch, fun merch. Fun merch and uh, fun announcements. Yeah. And we will be right back with... What, what did, did we, we learn, learn today? today? Okay. Chris. Yeah. Are you ready to learn what we learned today? I always am. Okay. If a public school can handle a plate, then a medical rehab facility sure can. Exactly. Long-term health care insurance can be extremely helpful financially. LAFD may be the only firefighting organization that requires headshots. <laughs> Life lesson to hold on to. It'll get better. Enjoy your joy, especially if it's setting tea for bears. Mm. I should take that back. It wasn't really bears, but it was dolls. That's I cute. don't want to make her sound like a flake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to skip that. Tom Hollander did indeed appear on AppFab playing Saf's boyfriend for two episodes. How did you remember that? Oh, my God. He was, it was years ago, so he was pretty young. Wow. Only two he- episodes? Yeah, Gosh. that's amazing. Paulo, how do I? Paulo, I can't say it with a. Who would date Saf Paulo? She's the worst. <laughs> Please use caution when sticking a book up your ass sideways. <laughs> a cold sleeping environment helps lower your body temperature, making it easier to experience deep sleep. That this is why you usually feel well rested after sleeping in a cold room. Plus, lower temperatures help with melatonin production and better sleep quality. Very interesting. All right. Look at me just saying facts. <laughs> Look at you spurting half facts and yep. making mm-hmm. Garen do the research. Being right about something. <laughs> Thanks, Garen. My pleasure. All right. Well, next week we will be back with a guest. Mm-hmm. Exciting. And until then, um, enjoy the hol- holiday season. And always remember, remain, remain calm. calm.